I am very happy that I can finally welcome the first female guest on Fintech Flow this week. She is Andrea Kozma, director of the CEO Innovations Lab, which is a flagship initiative of the Central European University to create economic opportunity in Hungary and the Central and Eastern European region by nurturing a culture of entrepreneurship and linking academia and business. In 2017, CU Innovations Lab was voted Hungary's best incubator at the Central European Startup Awards. In this episode, I invite you to a special world where academia meets business. Explore with me this unique little ecosystem where startups can exploit the students, the researchers and the alumni of the university and in the meantime supported by lecturing or opening up their entrepreneurship journey for academic research. Welcome to Fintech Flow, where we deep dive into the depth and complexity of successful startups, sit down with bright fintech minds, and bridge together the gap in mindset between the legacy players and today's innovators. With 10 years experience as a manager in the financial sector, MIT certified fintech expert Linda Schalai is prepared to put it all in play and to follow the flow. This is the first Fintech Flow episode when I have a female guest. I'm especially happy about that. Welcome, Andrea. Please introduce yourself and the Incubator Accelerator program that you represent. My name is Andrea Cosmo and I am a double alumna of this university. My original uh, profession is legal. I, um, I studied with an LLM program here um, many years ago. And then uh, a few years ago, I returned to the university to do an MBA. And I'm also an MBA of this university. And um, this opportunity to run this um, uh, incubator came along during my MBA uh, program. And um, as a result of a discussion with the uh, then dean of the business school, and I just decided that I will switch uh, profession completely. And I abandoned my 20 years of legal experience and the legal profession, which actually I loved and that was so exciting and uh, gave me real fulfillment while I was doing it. But I thought, okay, I have done it. I've seen it. I'm ready to do something else. And this opportunity was really exciting and I um, went for it. Wow, <laughs> quite quite interesting and yeah. actually sharp change of career, right? It is. And, and as you mentioned, that the only female and interesting personal part of the story is that when I studied my MBA, I was eight days after my, you know, the delivery of my third wow. <laughs> So I came back to school at a uh, mom of a new baby. So somehow I thought it was a good start for me to start a new profession, new baby. And uh, so far it worked out. What I had was in mind was that maybe I would try myself out uh, uh, in entrepreneurship and as entrepreneurship uh, entrepreneur myself. So I started the MBA course with this ambition in my mind, but I never thought that I would actually run the program. <laughs> okay, which is actually a quite unique program in the sense that it's not related to a big financial institution or other kind of institution, but uh, the background institution is a university. I guess it's a quite unique setup with having the business and the academia in line and working together. How does it all end up being Hungary's best incubator program? I think it has to do with the um, tradition of American universities and private universities. 
It is not uncommon for an American university to have this kind of programs. If you think about uh, real big names like Harvard or MIT, Berkeley or Stanford, they all have their own incubation programs. And um, actually what we call today as the Silicon Valley phenomenon is something that Stanford University started some 50 years ago. So it shows that universities have a central role in um, boosting innovation and entrepreneurship. This is something natural for, for them to do. In Europe, it's, uh, it's a more uh, recent phenomenon, but in the US, it has a very long tradition. I went to uh, Slash last week, which is the biggest um, startup event in Europe. It's a 20,000 strong event. And what I have learned there, that this is something that is related to Alto University, which is the biggest uh, Finnish public university. And they have had an uh, incubation program that started in the 1990s. So uh, these things exist. It might be something new in, in Hungary and in Central Europe, but that's where we really see our role to, to bring uh, best practices and an additional support and help to the local economy by providing this service. What kind of special service can a university provide? Because you have the university itself, you have the researchers, you have the students and comes the startup. So what kind of synergies are between these roles? Can you give us some examples how yeah, I think, I think traditionally what you would see in universities, something that they call the knowledge transfer, which is um, university researches, uh, a commercializing university res- research. So that's something that happens with medical universities, for example, traditionally uh, with technology universities. What is unique about CEU is that CEU is a um, humanities university. So the research that is coming out from this university is not something that necessarily has any kind of commercial applicability. So, uh, but we do have a strong business school. Now it is merged into the account departments. So it's a, it's an economy and um, and economics and business um, uh, department. So we have a strong tradition and background in uh, adding business knowledge to startups. So what happens here is rather than the knowledge transfer part, it's more the students that are coming with their own ideas. And the whole you know, framework, this innovation program that I mentioned was, was about to create a curriculum and a toolkit for those entrepreneurs who want to build their own startups uh, here in this uh, local ecosystem. So this is what we can add. And it's an, it's also an important factor that we are a, um, a postgraduate university. So it means that our student base is a different generation from a typical undergraduate um, university. So the average age of our university students is um, 33 years. So it means that in the incubator, we would see people coming with life and work experience at least 5, 10 or 15 years or sometimes even more. So that is putting us in a, in a position to rely on, on experience, the people, people's startup ideas. 
recruiting talent is a constant challenge, I guess, for every startup or every rapidly growing company. Is it something that you can help within being part of the university? Is it typical that students come and work to one of the startups that are in yeah, the Yeah, absolutely. I think that's one of the biggest advantage of a university. We have schemes that are um, a part of the curriculum that helps this kind of relationship. For example, in our business courses such as technology management, uh, uh, MS finance program or the uh, business analytics, there is a uh, so-called capstone project requirement which is an eight credit, which is huge. To earn eight credit, it's, it's, it's really means that you have to work hard. So for eight credits, these students have to solve some real life um, uh, issue. And this capstone project is um, for them to showcase the skills they have acquired in our master courses to apply to a real life work situations. And the choices we offer to, to students, on one hand, they can choose to go to a big company, a global company, to find their project, but another opportunity for them to come and work at the iLab. And students come and they happily choose uh, the startups uh, as opposed to uh, big companies. Uh, and I think it's uh, the reason for that is that uh, working with an, with an, with an iLab team, with a startup, gives them a bigger exposure in terms of solving a bigger problem that has an impact on the startup. The startups are very happy to have students in big companies. Sometimes it's not easy to find a, um, a real internship for students. Uh, companies are concerned about confidentiality and, and many other things. Startups are very happy to take interns on, especially expert interns. And then I think the other one is why startups can be more attractive choices for interns is that uh, they see some kind of role model in, in the startups. So they can you know, imagine themselves in the same role in a few years time. Those, those, those startups they work for have a student just like themselves a few years ago, maybe just one year ago, and here they go and they are successful startups. So I think that's very inspiring. Uh, and also, it's, it's an opportunity for those who play with the idea, if they want to uh, become entrepreneurs themselves, to, uh, to try out the situation. Is this the kind of lifestyle that fits me? Is this something that I can imagine for myself? We see many Capstone students uh, come to work with the ILAB. We have teams um, who have six to eight students uh, working with them. And uh, that's a big opportunity for startups because they are always short on resources and um, to be able to fill that gap with students, that's a great uh, thing. And some of them stay with the team after the Capstone project. It turns out that they like each other, they can work well together and a student becomes a, a team member. So we've seen that happening and sometimes it works the other way. So the team comes in and they just realize that one of our courses would be very useful for them and then they become students. <laughs> so it's an interesting uh, dynamic. 
It is indeed. Can the startups also give back something to the university? Can they maybe participate in giving yeah, lectures? Absolutely. It's it's actually part of the deal. It's a free of charge, non-equity incubator. But what what we do require the teams to commit themselves to is to um, to contribute the courses in a couple of ways. One way of doing that to come to our courses and uh, talk to the uh, students share their experience so that the um, students uh, at various courses have a real life uh, example. And another one is to open up their entrepreneurship journey for, for academic research and, uh, and the case study building, curriculum building. For example, uh, one of the courses that we have, uh, this university have been running for more than 10 years is private equity. And for the first time in history of this course this year, the course was taught entirely relying on uh, case case studies. So six teams participated in the course. They provided information about their teams, which the final students uh, had to um, uh, resolve. And it gave the course an entirely different dynamics. So that's uh, I think that's an important contribution on the long run. We are still very young, two and a half years old incubator. What I hope is that our cases, entrepreneurship cases, will provide sufficient information and, and provide case studies for uh, to build a curriculum for us that is unique and which is based on our own experience. That is a great vision. Yeah. yeah. You mentioned that this is an equity-free program. Yeah. I would consider it as a big advantage because there should be many startups out there who doesn't want to give up on any kind of equity uh, themselves. Do you see that startups like this idea? I think it's a very important part of our our program, although this is going to uh, change a little bit and I'll talk about it a bit later. I think it creates a feel of safe environment for for the um, uh, for the startups that they don't have to be concerned about signing any kind of uh, agreement that in which they surrender a part of their their success, it's really important part of it that it's a safe place to be able to work with them, the faculty, the professors they know from their courses. So yeah, I think it's uh, it's important. How many startups are or have been in the program in the last two and a half years? Uh, it's um, we have incubated during this two and a half years more than twenty teams. Wow! At the moment, we have fourteen in the iLab, and uh, we have an, an, an another ten in the pipeline. It used to be on an enrolling basis, but I have to introduce a new system whereby we will have two cohorts a year. Uh, simply because now we are receiving too, uh, so many applications and uh, we constantly outgrow uh, the space we use. It's really exponential. That shows the success. Yeah, 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 sure. yeah. You say that you're getting more and more applicants. Uh, is it because entrepreneurship is uh, trending and there are more and more startups in the region? Or is it because iLab has a really great reputation and therefore more companies are interested in working here? I think it's still a very young 
ecosystem for startups and entrepreneurship. Uh, what we see that incubation programs mushroom in the city, uh, big corporations and banks in particular who, fe- who feel challenged by the new financial technology startups have their own incubators uh, set up. So on one hand, yes, it's becoming more like a, a potential choice in general for young people to consider. It's certainly a part of it. And as far as the INAP concerned, it's very much word of mouth. But I, I think it's the success that the um, uh, incubated teams create, which throw more and more applicants. So yeah, I think it's the track record. As, as uh, we are a startup ourselves as well, and, and our track record is, uh, is, is a very good one. I'm really proud of that. And that attracts more 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 startups to apply. Otherwise, I think um, the ecosystem is, is still very tiny. I see the same teams going around in different incubation programs, and I'm very uh, proud that we are able to bring fresh blood into the system through our student uh, projects. And another thing that is in the pipeline for us as well is um, to create an opportunity for external teams to apply. So we will have our first boot camp in July, and that's going to be a two weeks summer university uh, program, which we will offer to external applicants. And that's going to be their passport to ILAB. So that gives them the opportunity to become formally CEU alumni and, and apply to the ILAB. And um, my hope is that we will be able to find uh, new sources of, of innovation and potential new teams in the ecosystem to, to widen it so that we will see new new ones coming in and um, we have the infrastructure to have them uh, grow. What is it that you're looking for when you look at the startups and thinking if you can welcome them or not in the islands? Team, team, team. It's the quality of the people, it's, um, it's the team composition, um, it's the dedication, it's the focus, uh, that's the first thing that I'm interested in, not in the idea, not in the industry. And that's something that is uh, very different, to, um, very difficult to, um, uh, to figure based on a few a meeting or, or, or an application or whatever presentation they bring along. So that's why I think that this bootcamp will be a good opportunity because then we would spend two uh, weeks with the teams and, and, and observe them, how they work. So that's, that's the most important thing. But I'm dealing with, with university CEU students or alumni um, applications. I have the advantage that I know the people because they are our students. Uh, what happens is that uh, I meet them during the entrepreneurship course and I, I regularly sit on the jury uh, jury for the um, uh, entrepreneurship course and I meet um, the students who have this kind of um, uh, aspiration to, to bring their projects to the island. So almost from day one, when they enter the building, we kind of start building the relationship. I know how they perform um, at the courses. Uh, this is a big advantage. This is what other incubators might not able to do. Uh, they just dealing with paper and maybe one or two interview sessions they have with the teams. Um, when we take on alumni or a student uh, projects, we know the people. So that's what some that's it. that is something that we try to recreate 
um, and we want to expand externally to create a situation when we will have a similar opportunity to observe uh, the teams. And again, here we work with them and we also observe them. So it's the team, it's the team, it's the team. Interesting answer. That was, that was yeah. not my first guess. CU Alumni is a quite wide network of experts, entrepreneurs. Do they have a role in the iLab? Do they come if investment is needed or do they help in mentoring or any other role? Yeah, mentoring. I have many alumni approaching us with certain offers in terms of what kind of help they can provide uh, to the students uh, and the student teams. Uh, and this is a great resource. Also, in terms of securing first customers for the mm-hmm. uh, for the teams, uh, obviously one of the things we talk about if there is someone in our network who would be their first contact in a particular company, and of course the first thing I do, I look at the alumni network and I search is there any alumni who's working in a particular company so that we can approach them also when they go abroad. So it is a it is an amazing resource. And we're trying to use it wisely, and um, and, and what we see is that uh, the alumni network has a kind of feel of loyalty. Uh, uh, anyone I ever tried to reach out to was very happy to help the teams, and that just uh, just a great feeling. It gives you the feel of community, which is one of the biggest advantages of uh, being in this lineup to to belong to this this community. Should be a nice feeling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I heard a rumor that some people are applying to CU University to be able to participate in the iLab. Is that true? Yeah, it, it happens quite often and it always uh, surprised me when a student comes along uh, and, and one of the first weeks I'd say, oh, you know, I really applied to this program because I see myself uh, in the iLab and I uh, complete my studies and they're just like, wow, this is really, uh, this is really impressive. But it also shows that entrepreneurship is, is an attractive choice for people. And I'm, and I'm quite happy to see that because I think in, in, in our region in particular, we have to restore uh, the ethos of entrepreneurship, that this is, this is a, a good career choice. Uh, and, um, and that's part of our mission that people consider this as a good and a viable and equally quality choice, professional choice. Do you think it's something that someone should be born for or can entrepreneurship be taught? Uh, there are many skills we can, we can teach, but entrepreneurship is not for everyone. Risk-taking is, is one of the things that people usually mention when it comes to um, entrepreneurship, but I think it's uh, more important that the endurance and the um, ability to, to deal with failure. So, uh, people who get you know, discouraged because it's not going to work for the first attempt, they should not try themselves in entrepreneurship. It, it's constant, you know, failure, get, picking yourself up, trying in a different way. And that's why I think it's important to have a safe environment where we can support each other emotionally as well. When we are going through rough times, because all of us go through rough times. So, yeah, so it's not, not for everyone. How do you see the role of iLab or other incubator and accelerator programs 
in a country like Hungary or other sea countries? What's their role in the economy? Again, I think it's very important uh, to make um, entrepreneurship an attractive choice. I think it's crucial to have places where young entrepreneurs uh, uh, can, ex- uh, can experiment and uh, learn from each other. So I think they really have a huge role. In your vision, how will iLab look like in five years' term? In five years' time, it will be the center of the um, uh, Central European um, Entrepreneurship Ecosystem uh, with a huge inflow of, um, of startups. Uh, I also, um, uh, from, from the region, not just from locally, but from the region, it will have a big uh, research-based entrepreneurship center uh, to support the curriculum. I also envisage that we will have a uh, big yearly event where we can draw all the um, big players of our ecosystem in one place to discuss the big trends of, uh, of, of, of innovation and entrepreneurships. That's, that's, that's really one of my biggest ambitions. And I also hope that we will be able to uh, find a co-investment system in one way or another to support the teams. I think it's, it's, a, it's an important endorsement of the teams when a, when a university can say, yeah, after working one year, two years with these teams, me as a university want to co-invest with the um, investors on the market uh, because I know my team and I believe in them and I know what they can do in the future. So that's, that's basically my ambition and I think it's doable. That's quite a clear vision. Yeah. <laughs> I wish you all the best to achieve that. I'm sure you and your colleagues will. Do you know in which city can people find you next year? Uh, in Budapest and uh, in Vienna as well. Okay. Where can people find out more about iLab? We have a website within the CEU website. So if they just Google CEU Innovations Lab, it will pop up. We also have a public Facebook site, um, LinkedIn. Okay, thank you very much. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the podcast. I hope you liked it. If you did, follow us on Facebook and LinkedIn to get to know more about FinTechFlow.